All right, welcome everybody to another Rainmaker podcast. Um, we are looking forward to a great summer here. Remember, don't let off during the summer. That doesn't mean you can't take free time, but uh, make sure that uh, you've got your team raring to go and that you don't lose momentum. One of the key things we found in our practice is um, making sure that the momentum keeps up, even if we don't make quite as much money doing our marketing activities during certain parts of the year. Uh, keeping the momentum of appointments going is really important. Uh, speaking of momentum of appointments, let's talk a little bit about associate advisors. And uh, you notice that this episode is titled Associate Advisors. Um, I was talking with a good friend of mine, um, one of the people in the coaching program, and uh, we actually took a trip out to San Francisco to visit a money management firm uh, that we may be using um, to outsource some money management. And uh, during that period of time, we talked a lot about associate advisors. Uh, he has associate advisors in his office. He's actually got a partnership um, with two other guys, but also uh, bringing on some associate advisors. And uh, as you know, I have five associate advisors. And so the discussion came up, what do we look for in associate advisors? What do we look for when we're trying to find these guys? And what I've noticed is that uh, many of you have struggled um, with finding the right people. Um, you find that they're not productive, and I think part of that is the people that you're finding and I think the other part of that may be the way you're setting them up. I think many times they're being set up for failure because you accept them to produce right away. So let me just talk a little bit about the criteria to look for, and then we'll talk a little bit, and we'll talk even more um, in the session uh, that's coming up here in Chicago uh, about how we train those guys. Let's talk about criteria to look for in associate advisors. I think the most important thing when we look at associate advisors and um, when we try to hire people is character, uh, integrity. I want assertiveness. I want somebody to be able to look me in the eye when they have a conversation. Uh, I want confidence. Uh, I want somebody that is intrigued by performance-based compensation, um, that they like the idea of uh, playing a game when it comes to their compensation and knowing uh, at the end of every week or every uh, month whether they won or lost. Now, that doesn't mean they have to be this uber-competitive person, but I want somebody that's intrigued by the performance-based uh, compensation. Uh, we also want somebody that's got simplicity and organization in their lives. Be very cautious about hiring somebody where their lives are just chaos. Oh, what do I mean by chaos? I just mean that their personal lives, their lives outside the office, are chaos. Uh, they're going from one relationship to another, perhaps, in their personal lives. Uh, they've got constant problems with their kids. Um, <clears throat> their relationship with their parents is full of chaos. They're, you know, one parent is, is going through a struggle and they're trying to help that person out. Um, maybe they come in and when they start talking about their personal lives, which I think is important to get them to talk about their personal lives in an interview, um, they describe just lots of moving parts going on that they're constantly going from crisis to crisis. Be very cautious of that. They're going to carry that into your culture. Um, they're going to be the person that always has a car broken down, that always has a family problem, that has to be in late or leave early because they've got this or that going on. Um, we're all about family first here at Johnson Brunetti, but we're also about you know having orderly lives. We want to help uh, prioritize and, and bring order to our clients' lives, and we're not going to be able to do that if we bring a bunch of people into the firm that has constant chaos. So be careful of that. 
Um, I like to ask people, what are their life's priorities? Um, and let's see what they talk about. Do they just talk about money? Do they talk about family? Do they talk about long-term goals? Do they talk about self-development? Um, I love to find people that want to learn and get better and explore new areas of their lives. And so I think that's really, really important. I want to find somebody that I think can be a good salesperson, but they don't have to already be a superstar salesperson. And I'm also very, very cautious um, about bringing somebody into our firm that is already uh, a superstar salesperson. And when I say already a superstar salesperson, I mean a superstar salesperson in our industry. Uh, I'm very cautious about bringing in an associate advisor that's already got a book of business with another company, um, that's already killing it with another company. Maybe they're making um, well into the six figures, a couple hundred, three hundred thousand dollars per year as a salesperson for another company. Because, um, again, if they're already in the financial services business, they're going to have certain things that they expect. Um, they might ha not have an abundance mentality. They might not be real grateful. So just think about that a little bit. I don't think that's a hard and fast rule, but we've never had anybody work out that's been a superstar salesperson in our business with another company. Um, and I've never actually given somebody much of a chance when they come in an interview. Many times they want certain things. Um, I would re much rather hire for that character that I talked about. So um, that's what we're looking at. Um, I would like to have some experience, however, in financial services. And you might think that's kind of counter to what I said. Um, but when I say experience, I want them to have some product knowledge. We've had very good luck with internal wholesalers. Um, we've had good luck with somebody that was hired by Merrill Lynch but only one year into the training program. So he hasn't... Um, he hadn't brought in a lot of clients. Um, we've done real well with him. Uh, we've had somebody that's done well in a system where um, uh, they were selling P&C insurance, um, so they had a sales background, um, but they weren't necessarily in the money management or the investment business uh, like we are. So there's a balance there, but I'm cautious about hiring a great salesperson. Now, if you do come across somebody that's got a book of business and you want to merge them up into your firm, I think that we look at that differently. We don't look at that so much as an associate advisor um, working our marketing appointments that we generate. We looked at more of a person where we're acquiring their practice, and that's a whole different subject that we're not talking about here. Um, I don't think old or young is super important, but we have to realize and be honest about the fact that the younger you are in this business, um, you've got a little bit of a credibility issue with older clients. And I think if you're really honest with yourself, if, if you hire somebody that's real young in the business, they just don't have a lot of life experience. Um, you know, we want somebody that can relate to our clients. Now, that doesn't mean that it can't work. Uh, Eric, who is a partner in my business here at uh, Johnson Brunetti, and when I say partner, I mean he's bought in as a, as a part owner of the business. Um, he is by far our best salesperson, our best advisor. And when he came to us, I think he was uh, 26 or 27 years old, um, he was self-conscious about his age, and he had some people that said, I want to deal with somebody uh, older, but he's matured very quickly. And so just realize that that might be a challenge. So let's go through the criteria again. Character, integrity. Uh, I want somebody that's assertive and that, have conf that has confidence, that can look me in the eye when they talk to me. Uh, I want somebody that enjoys some performance-based compensation. I want somebody that has simplicity in their lives. Uh, I would love to look for a family person um, that perhaps has kids. I know you have to be careful about asking those questions in an interview, um, but I want to be very cautious of that person that has a lot of chaos going on in their personal lives. 
Um, what are their lives' priorities? I want to know that. Um, I want somebody that can follow a system. I didn't talk about that earlier, but it's really, really important that they can follow a system that I think they're teachable and won't be going off the reservation trying to create their own sales system. Um, great salesperson is awesome, but be careful of the great salesperson that's already in our business. Uh, and um, uh, old or young is not super, super important, but just understand that the younger a person is, um, the more they have might have a credibility back. Uh, uh, with your older people, a, a credibility issue with your older people. Um, now let's let's talk. Let's flip this a little bit and talk about. And you know, think picture you interviewing with your organization. So now you're coming from the outside and you're trying to get a job with your company as an associate advisor. Are you attractive to the people that you're trying to recruit? Um, if you're having trouble recruiting people. Look at your own firm. Are you organized? Are you run like a business? Are you just full of chaos? And like we talk about in the group, um, you're so driven by activity that there's no order in your business. Are you truly empowering your people and teaching them and having them grow? So I think you want to be somebody that's, um, that's attractive to the people you're trying to recruit. So flip that around and look at if you were interviewing for your company, would you be attracted to go to work for that company as an associate advisor? An associate advisor should have the potential to make two hundred, three hundred, maybe four hundred thousand dollars a year uh, in an environment where everything is taken care of for them, and all they have to do is do a good job for the clients and for the prospective clients. And are you creating that environment? So I would put the challenge on you. Also, if you have hired people and lost them, I want you to look at two things. In in, in my mind, it can only be two issues. Number one, you're not hiring the right people. Uh, or number two, uh, you're not training them well and you're not making your firm attractive. So when we train people here at Johnson Brunetti, for the first three to six months, they are not on commission. They get a salary from us and they're just sitting in on appointments. They're shoulder to shoulder with me in appointments. They're shoulder to shoulder with Eric and the other financial advisors. Once they've sat in on probably... Uh, a couple hundred appointments just sitting there watching us and listening to how we speak to people, listening to the radio show, listening to our seminars, listening to the language that we use, being immersed in our culture, um, then they might be start doing some reviews with C&D clients, and they're not expected to sell anything. They're just expected to do a good review uh, with those people. Then maybe they transition to uh, once in a while picking up a sale on those reviews, and maybe it's a small sale. Maybe it's a 10000 uh, to $25,000 annuity. Maybe it's bringing in a little bit more money from a 401k, but they're still not on commission yet. And we're going to have a conversation with them after somewhere between three months, after three months, and, and at the latest six months and talk about are they ready to go on commission and be associate advisor. Also be open to the fact that they might come in and we might decide after six months that maybe they're better off in a support role. Uh, maybe they should be a support advisor for two or three other associate advisors. Uh, maybe they should be an appointment setter. Maybe they should be support at seminars. Um, do you have an organization that's mature enough so that you can hire somebody and say, we're going to figure out what you're uniquely capable of based on your unique ability and have you grow into that role, and it might be different than what we think it is right now. We hire people and we tell them that, and we want to make sure our organization is attractive enough so somebody will come to work for us because they want to be here, and we'll figure out exactly what that job is going to be later. Um, now, I know the the hiring gurus and the people that love to write your job descriptions um, you know, like to 
uh, I don't want to say pigeonhole, but they like to hire somebody and let them know exactly what the job is going to be. Well, I'd flip that on you. If you really believe in this idea of unique ability and you believe of uh, in being a great organization that where people are growing with you and you want to be attractive to somebody that's willing to come and work for you as an organization and you want to hire people that are talented, um, I would suggest that you create an organization where that job description is somewhat flexible. If you study the great growing companies of our time, primarily in the high-tech field or in the field of innovation, um, they are hiring people because they believe in those people. And sometimes those people are hired without a job description. They're given a desk and they're saying, here, make yourself useful. They really are hiring people like that. Um, so I'm not saying to be completely avant-garde in your organizational structure, but be open to that. So hopefully this helps a little bit. I think this associate advisor situation is key. Be ready to have hard discussion about this at our next Rainmaker group in Chicago. Do not miss that group. If you've canceled your reservation, shame on you. Um, you know, get on a plane, pay extra, get to those groups because uh, we're going to go deep into this. This is the key in building a business that's not dependent on you. If you don't have a business that's not dependent on you, uh, you don't have a business. Uh, you just have simply created an organization where you're an employee for an organization that you've created. So create a business that's not dependent on you, and you're going to do that through associate advisors. And so uh, I look forward to seeing you in Chicago. Um, we're not going to talk just about this, so if that scares you to hear that, if you still want to build a more efficient organization with you as the main sales lead, that's great. We'll talk about that, too. We're going to go deep into sales process uh, in Chicago also. So you will benefit if you're not ready to create the associate advisor practice yet. But I would say each and every one of you, three to five years from now, you want to have an organization where you're only responsible for half of the sales um, because that is the key to freedom. That's the key to a balanced life. And that's the key ultimately to a practice that you can sell someday and you have some kind of an exit strategy so that you can actually do what you want to do uh, in life, which is hopefully continue to learn, continue to benefit the people that are around you. Thank you again for listening to this uh, episode of Rainmaker Evolution, and we will talk to you soon.